Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today we welcome to the Northern Spirit Radio studios Tom Allen as our Song of the Soul guest. I've known Tom as a person very involved in men's work, in working for world peace, especially on the spiritual plane, and as a musician of great talent. I think of him as a classical guitarist, though he plays a wide variety of guitar music, and I note his decades-long devotion to the practice of transcendental meditation as well. We'll talk to Tom Allen in a moment, but I'll start you out right now with one of his songs. It's called Jan's Peace.
Tom, welcome to Song of the Soul. It's great to be here, Mark. Just a great pleasure. You're on a visit up to Eau Claire from home in Fairfield, Iowa. What are you doing down there in Fairfield? I was hoping you wouldn't ask. I'm <laughs> no, I'm uh, actually very happy there. I moved from Minnesota, Minneapolis area, to Fairfield in March of '09, a little more than a year ago. I'm doing carpentry there, playing guitar, doing some composing, working with a flute player who is really, really fine flute player. We're doing some classic period and other uh, flute and guitar music by Giuliani and other composers. There is a new music department being started at Maharishi University of Management in Fairfield, and I have been tapped for teaching guitar and maybe some other stuff, but guitar anyway. The big draw to get you down there was Maharishi University, right? Uh, you've been a meditator, I don't know, for some decades, right? Around number of decades, which is four. So, uh, yeah, 1969 I started meditating, and I have stayed with it the entire time. I'm very excited about the community down there. There's wonderful consciousness, first of all, in the community. There are two large domes for meditation, actually, the TM City program, which is a step beyond the basic transcendental meditation technique that I do, and it includes yogic flying. And when people go into yogic flying, they are actually able to lift off the ground. And at that point, the brainwave coherence is unlike anything else that we see in human beings. It's actually another state of consciousness that people are able to experience by doing the Transcendental Meditation and TM City programs, including yogic flying. So this generates an energy field that blesses and benefits not only the community and the state, but the entire country. And they've done the math on this, and it's been published in uh, the best journals, scientific journals around, such as the uh, Journal of the Center for Conflict Resolution at Yale did a piece on the uh, reduction of violence internationally and at other levels such as within the country that is accomplished by this super radiance effect. It's just very effective at mollifying negative influences in the whole society. So I really am just doing fine down there. I love the atmosphere. I've been productive. I came down as a carpenter, and just in a year and a half, I have many people writing very nice recommendations for me, referring me to each other. It's just been wonderful. So would you say that it was Maharishi University that took you down there? Are you one of the meditators regularly sitting with folks there, or is this something you do on your own? Is it something you do as a community? Both, really. I do not have the TM City program, so I don't go in the domes with the other people. I would like to, and that's kind of in my radar, but I don't have that program as of yet. But it is a chief reason why I moved from Minnesota to Fairfield, to be where that consciousness is the highest, where it's the epicenter of a good influence for the country and actually the world, but mainly the country. When things are going better in the United States, the whole world feels the benefit. And one reason I moved was I just felt that the uh, crises in the environment were fairly thick, and I wanted to throw my weight in with something which mollifies, benefits the entire country. Well, let's talk a little bit about your music, Tom. There was a piece of your music that we started out with. Could you tell us a little bit about it, where it came from, what part it's got in your Song of the Soul? Yeah, Jan's piece is a delight to me. It's a piece for violin and guitar. It has also been played many times with flute and guitar combinations, and that's probably the piece of mine that's gotten the biggest currency. It was written in 1971, and some years later I was at an event at the University of Wisconsin Union Theater, where they have internationally 
recognized artists. And there was a flute and guitar duo who actually were members of the Foreign Service. They were diplomats, but they had this wonderful career as they traveled around the world doing flute and guitar music. They played this wonderful concert there, and afterwards I went backstage and said, I've written a piece for flute and guitar. Would you be interested in seeing it? And they said, yes, we're always looking for things. There is not enough literature out there for the flute and guitar. I sent to him, and a few weeks later I got a call saying, can you send us another copy of the first page of the guitar part because we have misplaced it, and we have already put it on the program for the World's Fair. And that was the Knoxville World's Fair in 1982, they played it there. They played it in Hong Kong later that summer and I believe Costa Rica and many other places where they, well, that I don't even know of where they played it after that. I played that on the radio in Madison and various places. It's, it's one of your pieces which has reached a further audience. Why is it Jan's piece? What's it about? I was living in Chicago in 1971, checking people's meditation at the meditation center, Transcendental Meditation, when a person learns they're entitled to be checked as long as they live. I mean, it's no charge for coming in and getting your meditation checked, and that gets it reset in case a person starts to put in effort or anything, because it's an effortless process, and it's funny, but that's the thing that people sometimes lose track of. So I was checking meditation. This young lady came in. Her name was Jan, and she said she was just learning to play the violin. And I said, well, I'll write us a piece. So she came in for her next meditation checking, and I hadn't done a thing. And after a while, she said, you're not going to do this, are you? And uh, so I finally just got this melody together walking to work. It's about a walking gait, and as, as I was walking to work, so I went over to her apartment and wrote a little bit on it. And she'd come out of practicing, and we'd play it together, and then she'd go back and practice some more. And it was such a delightful way to write a piece of music. And I sort of thought it deserved her name. Her name was Jan. Well, I think you've got another piece of music picked out for us right now. Uh, something about sunlight, right? Sunlight streaming in my window. It's the first song I ever wrote. And that also, well, that went nationwide to community radio stations. There was a folk music workshop in Madison, Wisconsin, done by Guy Carowan. He was a folk singer and the man who is credited with introducing the song We Shall Overcome to the Civil Rights Movement. And he was doing this tour and doing songs of social awakening and ideas and everything. And at the end, he said, anybody got something you want to sing? I sang Sunlight Stream in my window and a tape was made of the workshop and it went all around the country. The song is Sunlight Streaming in My Window. It's by Tom Mallon, who's with us here today for Song of the Soul. Sunlight streaming in my window Flashing shadows on the wall Lighting up the flowers with a golden colored light Blinding my eye with its brightness Oh yes, what a beautiful morning The sun shining in my window and it's near to get up Sitting and singing to the morning Watching the light show from my bed The gold has turned to yellow And the flowers hold their heads Given all they have to who will take 
Oh yes, what a beautiful morning The sun's shining in my window And it's nearly time to get up Jesus, the Lord of my salvation Came down from heaven to the earth Rose again to save my soul He lives within my heart Changed the face of life on earth forever Oh yes, what a beautiful morning The sun shining in my window And it's nearly time to get up Oh yes what a beautiful morning The sun shining in my window And it's nearly time to get up That was sunlight streaming in my window. You know, you start the first couple verses on that one, Tom. It's upbeat, it's happy, and then you've got the next verse, which is clearly a strong Christian base. How strong a Christian are you? Where do you come from originally? Where are you now? I think some people might think, TM, you're not Christian. But I don't think that's at all the case. That's very interesting because that song was first written in 1968, and the first two verses were all there was. And the song about Jesus was added a number of years later. I have been an active Christian for a long time in lots of ways. I mean, I played bass guitar in a praise band in a Christian church for 17 years and went to Promise Keepers in Washington, D.C., as well as in Minnesota. In D.C., I was playing my guitar, and that got onto the front page of the Washington Times and all over the country, the Duluth and Atlanta Constitution and stuff. So, yes, I've been a very active participant, and I have found that Jesus has a power base that's different from the transcendental meditation technique, and so it's not one or the other. It's not, well, which am I really in favor of, my left foot or my right foot? It's not an either-or thing. They are complementary and very powerful to me. There's no requirement within transcendental meditation that one observe a religion or not, but Maharishi was always saying, don't hop religions, use your own. In other words, don't try to become a Hindu like me because he was a Hindu monk. So people, myself, I just dug into my own tradition, and very deeply for a while, it was my, you know, bread and butter. So, yeah, there's no conflict, very complimentary. Well, let's take another piece of music that you've got to share today with your Song of the Soul. Tell us what it is and where it came from, why it's included in your Song of the Soul. Little Train is probably the favorite song that I ever wrote, and that also dates from 1971, the same year that I wrote Jan's piece, it was about a subway in Chicago. There were only two cars in the subway that day because it was a holiday, Memorial Day. I just whimsically wrote this down. I was actually on my way to meet a young lady that I was pretty excited about. And we were going to go to Lincoln Park, and we did, and looked at both the conservatory and the lions and elephants and so on. But waiting for the subway, I went down in there, one whisked away into the tunnel, the one I wanted. But I knew another one would come, so I wrote on my lunch bag, which I still have someplace, stored in my locker here in Eau Claire, which I'm about to clean out, I wrote, little tiny train, you disappeared and came again, knowing that another one would come. Then the words just tumbled out, but it didn't have a melody. So a little bit later, I just put a melody to it. The rest is his story. 
And you say it's the favorite. Do you mean it's the favorite of other people, of yourself? Is this something you do with kids? Is this adults? What's the setting? Where is it for? Well, it sounds like a kid's song, and it's very playful. And I have a bunch of nephews and nieces that have grown up on it. And one of them, who has now moved to Spain, said a little while ago, Tom, you should get that out there. That could still be out at Disney World or something like that. Right now we're doing a music video of it, which will be on YouTube before long. So you can look under Tom Allen on YouTube, and you'll find it. Now, I have always thought that it was a little bit metaphorical, and I don't want to scare anybody away with a big word like that. But when I say, you better eat your spinach, because if you don't, you're finished. As I wrote that, I thought, it's a train. And then I thought, huh, that could be me. i got to eat my spinach in life. This is a big world with teeth. And then I've also thought the world itself better eat its spinach, rise to a higher level of consciousness, a higher level of doing things so that we don't pollute the planet to death, we don't kill ourselves off. We have to have a different style of functioning on this earth. So that's what's hidden in those words for me as I thought about it. The song is Little Train by Tom Mallon. Little tiny train You disappeared and came again You make a rolling racket And you wobble like a gander Then you slide into a tunnel Just like honey in a funnel Little train Little tiny train Your loss is everybody's gain never stay located, but the people would have hated if they paid their dimes and nickels and sat down and stayed like pickles in a jar. Little tiny train, did they take you from your mother? You were six cars yesterday and you're only two today. You better eat your spinach because if you don't you're finished, little train. Yesterday, and you're only two to bay. You better eat your spinach because if you don't, you're finished, little train. That was Tom Allen's song, Little Tiny Train. No, it's just Little Train. Well, two cars is pretty small for a subway in any urban area. They're usually seven or eight on commuter days, but on the holiday, very few people are taking the subway or, in the case of Chicago, the L. And that goes both above ground and underground, so sliding into a tunnel, like honey in a funnel. <laughs> yeah, I had a problem with that line, like honey in a funnel. Honey in a funnel doesn't go very well. If you try and pour honey through a funnel, if it's not a very wide funnel, you know, the honey clops up really well. Were you saying that the trains weren't running so well that day? I think the metaphor breaks down at some point. I was really just playing with words more than anything. Well, certainly, a great strength of yours is your guitar. You seem melded with that guitar. You, The two of you understand each other very well. Have you got another song for us? And I'm betting we're going to hear some guitar in it. I do. This song is Hey the Day, and this was written at a Y camp. I went out to work at a day camp, and before it got started, I rode my bike out there and slept on the grounds just to kind of see what it was like. It was south of the Twin Cities in Minnesota, 
And I woke up the next morning having gotten this beautiful sleep, having been out in the exercising in the fresh air the day before. And it was way late. It was 10 in the morning. And the sun was beaming in through this sort of funny makeshift teepee that they had put out there with no skin on it, just the sticks. And that was keeping me out of the weather. I woke up and the day was well underway. So I wrote, hey, the day is underway. And then it seemed natural to add the next words, why don't we go out and play since this is a kid's camp? Another, and playing, again, porcupines are poking people, snakes are sliding, why don't we, is just playing with words. But it's funny that after I wrote that, I thought about those words, porcupines are poking people, snakes are sliding, why don't we? There are porcupines out here in this world, and we are not obligated to just take their quills. We can be a benign person, a peace-loving person, but we can also have our influence, and we can be smart. We can outsmart people like that. And there's folklore all through the centuries about the little guy outsmarting the big guy. And I think that is part of what's involved here. There are very lazy ways of thinking in this world. And big money is ensconced in habits that people in those corporations, and I'm not finger pointing at them because it's the same consciousness everywhere. But doing things the way they've always been done will not really bring us into a better future. And sometimes one of us with a good idea can be effective and sometimes just sliding like a snake. You know, we can be smart. Song is Hey the Day. Hey, the day is underway. Why don't we go out and play? Hi, the sun is in the sky. Everything's shaking. Why don't I? Jay is calling. Wren is tripping. Robin answers from a tree. Porcupines are poking people. Snakes are sliding. Why don't we? Buds are popping, bunnies are hopping, nothing's stopping you and me. Brook is flowing, wind is blowing, I'm a going out to sea. Hey, the day is underway, why don't we go out and play? High the sun is in the sky, everything's shaking, why don't I? That was Hate the Day. You're here today for Tom Allen's Song of the Soul, and I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production, and our website is northernspiritradio.org. You can find all of our programs there and links to our guests and a place for you to leave comments for us. We love to hear from you. Again, Tom Allen is with us here today for Song of the Soul, and we just heard Hey the Day. And Tom, that song is upbeat, it's happy, it's positive into the day. I think that that's part of your prescription for the world, that we have to focus towards positive consciousness. You've been doing the TM meditation for a long time, and you said there's no contradiction between TM and Christianity or whatever religion. Does it happen, though, that you kind of have to hide in the closet as a TM meditator when you're around some Christians who might think that that means that you're, I guess you're not purely Christian enough. Have you run into trouble that way? Yeah, sometimes. For instance, uh, I did play, I might have mentioned, bass guitar in the praise band of a quite conservative church for 17 years, and we had a little showdown at the beginning, and they sort of thought I should drop the meditation. And I just said, I'm not going to feel safe around here if you push me on that. So they finally relented on that, and I just, I was a Christian to the nines in that church. I wrote music around my awareness of Jesus, which was very in the, much in the spirit of, of the church, and, and it's integrative. To write a song is an integrative process. 
So it's making it my own, and I was doing that in a number of ways. And I served on probably 15 teams of Curcio, which is a Christian retreat weekend, enhancing the Christian experience. And there were people who thought it couldn't possibly fit, but by the end of my time there, I'd say, you know, I want to take a little quiet time, and I, can I use this, is there an empty room here? And they'd say, oh, you mean you want to meditate? Sure, go in there. And so the climate changed when they just saw that I lived my faith, but it was not a problem. There are other places where it has been, but, you know, that's kind of the way that worked. Well, maybe we should grab some more music, some part of your spiritual path, your song of the soul. What's next? The Girl with the Belly Button Ring. And as you'll be able to tell, it's a very spiritual song. It's about having the hots for a young lady. <laughs> a couple of the other ones are, are, that have gone ahead of this, like Little Train, you know, they're maybe delightful, they're maybe for children. This one is definitely a song of surging hormones, to which I am definitely subject and have been for a long time. This was a very funny little thing. And the funny thing about this was, this was a really cold day in Minneapolis. I think it was eight below that day. And it was a convenience store. There used to be a chain of gas stations called Total Stations. She was behind the counter. I hadn't seen her there. I went in fairly often, but there she was for the first time. Frigid outside, and she had this, I guess it's a tank top with a bare midriff. And it was a, she had a nice suntan on that midriff and a bright gold belly button ring in the middle of this and a very fetching young lady, just as cute as she could be. And I wrote this song about her. And then I came back a few days ago, uh, later, I mean, and tried to say, well, you know, I wrote this song about her. And she thought I was, like, after her uh, trying to... And, and, you know, she was too young for me. I, it wasn't like... Uh, there's a distinction between writing a song about somebody and wanting to jump them, you know. And so... And it was funny because it was lost on her. She didn't get the distinction. But everybody has liked this song, The Girl with the Belly Button Ring. Went downtown to the total station. Felt like I was in another nation. All my days were the consternation. Transferred forth into admiration. Who's that girl with the belly button ring? She makes my heart go sing and sing. She puts a smile across my lips. A little old dance in my fingertips. What makes me need gas at the total? What makes me just rev my motor? Why do their papers have more than news? Think of any old reason you can Got a sweet little midriff underneath her sweater, man, oh man. And all around that middle section, everything is tan, oh tan. And right in the middle of everything, right through the button, there's a little gold ring. I thought I had seen everything, but this one makes me beat my wings. And right today, life just seems grand, and that's why I'm the belly button man. One more thing I got to tell you Something's driving you crazy Well, you don't even know if it's your sense of smell You gotta go see that belly button People on earth of every nation Will have to use their imagination To see how anything in God's creation Could ever cause this much scintillation Why, oh why, does my gas tank need that total gas? Why, oh, why is that station one I just can't pass? Why can't I remember anything? Must be the girl with the belly button. This total state of integration is bringing on a need for flagellation. Dancing is the only thing, my friend, that'll bring this thing to a happy end. 
da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
so strongly into that. Now, other people, you know, maybe it's into other kinds of work, you know, building their business, or maybe it's into uh, the relationship or raising kids. But for you, I'd say that your passion is shared very deeply with your guitar. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, it's true. And I have found that writing music, playing it, but even more so writing it, can be a transformative experience to transform an experience from something ambiguous to something very positive. Well, with that in mind, is there some more music you'd care to share as part of your Song of the Soul? Thanks, yes. And by the way, I'm just delighted to be here. I want to thank you, Mark, for having me on Northern Spirit Radio. I'm just delighted. And you're saying some really perceptive things about what I do. So thanks again. And what's up next is Mood Indigo. And this is by no means, how corny can I make it seem to say that it's not something I wrote? It's a Duke Ellington piece. And it's extremely basic to the jazz repertoire. And I studied jazz guitar in high school with a wonderful guy who'd played with the best. I've always liked this Mood Indigo. I found when I worked in daycare with children, I could get kids to fall asleep with it that would never fall asleep at nap time. And it's just something to sink into. I love Mood Indigo, so here we are.
That was Mood Indigo, and obviously it's a Duke Ellington piece performed here by Tom Allen. Do you know what the indigo part of that is? Well, isn't indigo related to purple, and purple is related to blue, so it's a kind of a, a blues with a chord progression that's totally unlike blues, but it's touching on that sadness of our black heritage, and people who wrote and played it at that time weren't talking about heritage, they were, jazz was one of the first emergences of black brilliance into our society in a way that broke the color barrier and made rightful stars out of the people who had gifts to give. But there was this ache in the heart that came from slavery, it came from the lynchings, it came from Billie Holiday singing about strange fruit, which was hanging from a tree. Well, that strange fruit was somebody being lynched. Speaking of souls, the the wholesale onslaught on the humanity of black Americans in this country coming out of slavery was something that it takes generations and, and it takes recovery from, and there are periods of extreme anger, and there are periods of holding it down and trying not to show it so you don't get in trouble, and then there's acting it out and getting in jail. and It's not an easy road, and the ache in the heart. was talked about blues. I mean, you know, that a person just... I've been down so long, it starts to feel like up, you know. It's just a long-term depression that held an entire people. When I think of this, I mean, I never read Ellington's statement about it or anything, but I've always thought, this is just a shade of blue. And it's, the other word that's in there is mood. You know, it's not depression, indigo, it's mood, you know. So there's a little bit of freedom, and maybe it's a lighter experience of it, but it's not gone. It's a beautiful instrumental piece, and I think we've got some more of that coming up. What would you have us do next for Song of the Soul? Well, a couple things. I'm actually a little surprised at myself for not doing more classical guitar today, but this next one is a Fernando Sor etude. Fernando Sor wrote a lot of wonderful music for the classical guitar. He's a backbone of the classical guitar repertoire. Lived in the late classic, early romantic time. This is a study written to accomplish guitar technique, but a lot of the ones he wrote as studies are so beautiful, so melodic that they get played in concert and they have for decades. This is a B minor etude, and I always think of summer nights when I hear this or play it.
That was Tom Allen playing Fernando Soar's Etude in B minor, one of the many classical pieces. And I do think of you, Tom, as being more of a classical guitarist. You mentioned doing jazz guitar and that, and, you, and the songs you wrote for yourself are obviously not classical. What makes something classical? I mean, does it have to be 200 years old? Well, there's classic rock that was just 18 years old. There is a classic period in, in what's largely called classical music, which is Mozart and Haydn, that time. And it's very orderly, very balanced, and derived in some ways from the thinking of the Greeks with this optimism that the world is an okay, it's a good place. That's one sense of classic. The classical guitar is a general word that's used to distinguish it from rock and jazz and folk and things like that. And in the case of classic rock, it can mean part of the received literature, something we've been, it's been handed to us. It's valued because it's been around for a while and people still like it. How young were you when you started learning to play music, guitar or whatever instrument you started on? What was your first favorite music? Was it Burl Ives or, I mean, who, who were your big heroes? Well, Burl Ives was a childhood a guy. I, I learned some songs from him that I played for years. The Fox Went Out on a Chilly Night and things like that, folk songs. I admired the Kingston Trio ridiculously much when I was like in junior high school. I played piano when I was in grade school, drums through high school, but the guitar is the one that stuck, and that was originally folk guitar, and I studied the jazz guitar, then got drawn to classical guitar, and a lot of the composing I've done draws on the jazz that I learned. I think this, as a matter of fact, I know, this was the spring I graduated from the University of Minnesota, and my voice teacher Noel Robinson, bless his heart, such a wonderful man who taught me well enough that I soloed with the University of Minnesota Men's Course. He had a cabin in the woods in, near Pepin, Wisconsin, and he invited me down there. The week after I got done with all my college, graduated, I spent some time in solitude just contemplating nature. But I had a radio, and this song, In Your Wildest Dreams, was hitting then, the Moody Blues. And, well, this is one of the best put-together popular songs I know of. You know, in pop music, which includes the whole gamut, from rock to probably hip-hop and every every genre, there are some things that are so beautifully put together. And the Moody Blues are good at it, and this one is one of the best. I love this song, and some years later just did a solo ver version of it on the guitar. In Your Wildest Dreams.
That was Tom Allen playing In Your Wildest Dreams. If you recognize the tune, I imagine you recognize it not originally from Tom Allen, but from the Moody Blues. They did an amazing thing, the Moody Blues. Their first album was kind of regular off-the-street type of rock music. And then uh, one or two albums in, they switched to this sound, which is so different. I'm not sure what the, maybe you even know what the difference was. What was it that they did? Did they just, you know, bring in an orchestra with them or what? Well, I think one thing that happened is that they matured. I remember them a little bit from when I was a student at the University of Chicago and I listened a lot to pop music and they were just one of many bands in the 60s, but they did mature. And one thing they did, by the way, is they, they all learned to meditate. They practiced transcendental meditation and so they became subtler in their approach to life and they still were rock musicians but they just did this wonderfully crafted stuff and all the beatles meditated just it's hard to i think it would be hard to underestimate perhaps how many people were affected by the tm movement as it swept across the u.s and wider in the world well that's true and just uh, recently last year there was a uh, concert at radio city music hall featuring Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, Mike Love of the Beach Boys, Sheryl Crow, Jerry Seinfeld was there, a bunch of these luminaries, Eddie Vedder, I believe, from Pearl Jam. And they did a concert to raise money for the David Lynch Foundation. David Lynch is a Mulholland Drive, big uh, movie producer. He has gotten this idea of being able to fund kids at risk to learn to meditate. And they've started doing this in some schools where the bashing of the kids, the walls, the lockers, the teachers, everything was a regular thing. And some of these have had just a remarkable results in, in the kids being more peaceful, more able to do their work, far less use of drugs and things like that, substantial reductions in any kind of violence, crime. And, and the kids doing so much better, getting into college, leaving the chemicals behind. And there are other things I just wanted to mention there have been some large, what are called world peace assemblies, where enough people coming together doing the TM program and TM City program, including yogic flying together, can uh, be enough to influence the whole world. There was one of these, I think it was 1993, I'm trying to remember exactly when it was, but it came out after the uh, dissolution of the Soviet Union that right about that time, the Russians had shot down an American spy plane, I think over Siberia or something, there was something of an international crisis, and in you know the records of the KGB and so forth that were released on the dissolution of the Soviet Union, it turned out that the Soviets had thought that the U.S. was going to be so upset about that that the U.S. was going to launch an attack, and so the Russians were all ready to launch a first strike at the U.S. And it was just at this time that Marishi called this big world peace assembly to reduce the tension in the atmosphere and we're still here some of these things that have been done like these big world peace assemblies have averted major crises and we think sometimes that there is a lot of problems going on but we have a lot of blessings to count well our clock has almost run out tom how about giving us some music to head on out with? And before we start playing the music, I just want to say thank you for joining me for Song of the Soul. It's been a pleasure to have you here, and of course it's a pleasure to know you. It is a great pleasure to be here, and it's a pleasure to share the music, and especially to be able to tell a little bit about what's in it for me. I think our last little item here is one of the shortest things that I ever heard of. It's called The 38 Notes, and it's the first thing I ever wrote when I was a student at the University of Chicago, one day I was studying and I had been initiated a study of classical music in the music department there. 
It's just one of those, you have a mood and you suddenly think, oh, I need to do something with this. And I wrote this little piece. It only has 38 notes in it, and it's called the 38 Notes. But the funny thing about it is that it goes, at the very end, it goes from the farthest point away from the tonality where it starts, which is a tritone or an augmented fourth or diminished fifth. That's as far away as you can get from a tonic. It goes right from there to complete resolution on the last note by means of a space of silence. Silence provides that opportunity for reordering our lives. I believe it's Pascal made this statement that most of the problems of the world would disappear if people were able to sit quietly in a room by themselves. So this silence is a, is a theme in my life. I experience it through transcending, and this is a very light-hearted piece about that. So we'll close Tom Allen's Song of the Soul with The 38 Notes. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song of the soul